0: Back to a brand new edition of Daily to Dynasty, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy football. Whether you want to own your friends year in and year out in your fantasy football leagues or cash tickets every week playing daily fantasy football, this is gonna be the show for you. Thank you so much for watching, listening wherever you found this show. Thank you so much for doing so. Please follow along with us on social media. Twitter is the preferred. Uh, method of conversation. You can find the show at Daily2Dynasty, two spelled out. Myself, Craig Gorbanoff at C. Gorbs94. You can follow Rich at Coda522, or you can follow John at John Hazlett475. Again, there's a couple of different ways to find this show, uh, whether you're watching it on YouTube or you listen via podcast but you can always go on over to anchor.fm slash daily to dynasty. That is the the kind of central hub for this show. And there you'll find a couple of different ways to interact with us. You can leave us a voicemail. You could support the show financially if you're so interested and we'll provide you some private fantasy football consultation. uh, If, if you are so generous as to support the show that way. And of course you can always support the show for free by liking, subscribing, or leaving a five-star rating wherever you're, you are listening to this show. And lastly, guys, if you are a sports fan, sports fan, excuse me, I forgot how to talk this morning, which is important when you're uh, hosting an online sports show. But if you guys love underdog stories, you'll love our friends at the underdog newsletter. Every single week, they sift through hundreds of articles, videos, and podcast interviews. And then every Tuesday morning, they send out a bite-sized rundown of only the best stories you can find all in one place you can subscribe to the newsletter at jokermag.com newsletter and follow them on twitter at jokermaghq all right guys this has been a pretty crazy week in the nfl uh it's been a, a pretty tame week for me personally what's going on with you guys rich let's start with you how's has your week been how's how's life treating you in the COVID era
1: life's well, been good this week no complaints everyone's healthy and happy so i'm uh very good this week Craig.
0: That's always good to hear. And, John, how's, how's everything holding up on in your end?
2: Same. Everyone's happy. Everyone's healthy. And that's really what's important.
0: And that's pretty much all you can ask for. And it's been a, a, a news-filled NFL week, which, as football fans, we are, are of course, of course interested in and, and delighted to hear <laughs> even some of this crazy news coming out of uh, the nation's capital of Washington, D.C. We'll get into that a little bit later on on the show. Um, quite, quite a doozy of a story coming out of, of Washington as we are at this moment still waiting for their uh, team name to change officially. But first, let's just talk about some updates around the NFL. The franchise tag deadline has come and gone, and some long-term deals have been signed. Derrick Henry and Chris Jones both locking in some longer-term contracts. Derrick Henry was a player uh, or is a player that I am a huge fan of. I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's going to go top five in most fantasy football leagues. Um, and But it's always interesting to see, right, how these players are going to perform once they get paid. They don't always have that, that same kind of hunger. Um, of course, uh, and some other big news this week, the NFL is looking to cut cap by $40 million from the 2020 cap, um, and it'll certainly impact a number of the players – uh, that we're going to talk about a little later on of players who have not received, uh, not received a long term contract, right? Still kind of fighting for their money, and kind of the last big, the last bit of news out of the NFL in regards to COVID nineteen is there is an opt out clause to be signed by August first for players. Um, so anyone who does not feel comfortable playing this NFL season has the ability to opt out. So Rich, let's start with you. There's been a lot of players who have been outspoken about this um, as not being interested in playing this season due to uh, their safety. Uh, I'm curious, of all the players in the NFL, is there one that stands out to you as a a possible uh, player to sit out this season?
1: Yeah, for me, it's clear cut. For me, I think the player is going to be Richard Sherman. Uh, It seems like he always has his... Eye on the prize, and he's always at the forefront of things going on in the NFL to protect players. Uh, if there's anything going on at all, you always see his name as one of the first people to talk about it. Um, he has a huge following within the NFL. He has a lot of friends. I mean, obviously, he's on the tail end of his career, but you know, I think he definitely has the momentum to uh, have a lot of people jump on his on his side. Uh, he was one of the biggest. Advocates for not signing the new CBA, which you know eventually they they signed and ratified. But uh, you know he was he was one of the main players to try to get everyone united uh, to not sign. Um, so I think he still has those that group of players, and I still think that he is a huge name in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting when uh, when this all goes down. Uh, hopefully, everyone is is good when they go to training camp and nothing flares up. But if there's any inkling, I think Richard Sherman's going to be all over it.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a natural-born leader, Richard Sherman. He's very well-spoken. He's a very educated man. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he were to be one of the players to kind of lead the charge. My player that I think is most likely to kind of opt out this season has some potential fantasy impact as well. Um, one of the first players that I recall reading about, you know, being outspoken, saying he was not comfortable playing this season is Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills, formerly Minnesota Vikings. Um, You know, I think people were expecting him to come into Buffalo and with a young quarterback and a young kind of fiery offense, right? He'd be able to get a lot more targets. He'd get that. He's always been known for that kind of big playability. Josh Allen has that big-ass arm. Um, You know, they just throw rockets down the field. And and Diggs was someone who I was targeting in fantasy to be on the receiving end of some of those touchdown grabs. But – um, with this kind of news, with this opt-out option, and, and you know, reading earlier uh, this summer that he wasn't comfortable playing, I think he's one of going to be one of these players to opt out and kind of lead that charge of guys to uh, to not play this season. And from a fantasy perspective, um, you know, does that put more value on some other players in Buffalo, or does that lessen the Buffalo value? as a whole because they're missing out on their, uh, major free agent signing this off season. So it's an interesting internal debate. Um, and we'll kind of wait to see what happens, who opts out before we get into that discussion a little bit further on in the coming weeks here, but definitely something to keep an eye on. John, do you have any thoughts on on players who could potentially opt out this season?
2: I do. And I'm going to keep it in division, Craig. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be Jamal Adams from the jets. Um, Reason being, uh, you know, obviously it's well-documented, his uh, his hatred for his contract and his, you know, his wanting to go somewhere else. And, and, frankly, I think this gives him a leg up in negotiation. He gets to sign it and skip a season and get paid and go into the final year of his deal. Um, so, to me, I you know, I don't think it's from a health standpoint or anything like that. But I could see – and not just Jamal. I'm sure there's other players out there that are in a similar – position that i could see using this as leverage in a way you know hey i'm gonna i'm gonna take the year off and and do what i have to do and then you know next year you know either play me or pay me you won't you won't pay me now right so you, you two years left you usually we get that deal with the last year well now i'm in my last year because i'm not playing this year i could see that happening with him for sure
0: yeah and it really would be a brilliant negotiation tactic i mean you know A lot of these times, these players don't really have much of a choice. They have to play. And with the ability to opt out and the ability to kind of save his body, right, from the wear and tear of the season, um, I think it could ultimately pay dividends when we see Jamal Adams signing a new contract. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did it somewhat effectively. He didn't get as big of a contract as he thought he would from the New York Jets. But, um, you know, a little older in his career, maybe towards the back end, right, and and some of that. At play, Jamal Adams, in theory, is entering his prime now. Um, I think it could be a really good negotiation tactic from him um, and, and something interesting to see. Um, I remember also reading earlier that J.J. Watt said he wasn't comfortable uh, playing this season with if he had to wear a mask the whole time. I've seen some images of the NFL helmet, and it basically has like a plastic shield um, inside of the, the face mask. Um, you know the the steel bars or whatever. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. You know their breathing isn't so restricted, but there is separation. Um, I I certainly wonder how all this is going to impact how players play this season. Rich John, uh, Rich, we'll start with you. Do you have any kind of just overall thoughts on how this will all sort of impact how players are playing this season? The the new gear, maybe they have to wear masks, and and, and so be it.
1: I mean it's going to be a huge learning curve for everyone. I mean you you wear the equipment that you're used to for all this time and then you have to get prepared for a new season in under 2 months with brand new equipment. I mean obviously they're going to have to adapt, but if you're a wide receiver for example and you know your thing is speed, let, let's use Tyreek Hill for example, if you're speeding down the field and you're trying to look up for the ball, and there's a new visor, a new mask, or whatever is in front of you. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be more difficult to catch the ball. Um, it's also gonna affect the breathing, obviously. If you're wearing a mask, you know, maybe the more heavier players on the line, for example, might get winded. There might be more, you know, injury concerns with with everything going on, more cramping up, more time out of the game, and then of course with you know the virus itself, if anyone is affected i mean that's gonna eat a part of the entire roster so i think the equipment is kind of the least of the worries right now uh, of what it could be but i mean as of right now it seems like everything is going in the right direction for training camp you know earlier in the week team doctors you know on all 32 teams said that training camp could happen and obviously team doctors are paid by the owners and we'll say anything, but it is something in the right direction. It's just going to be a learning curve for everyone, including the fans. And John, we'll kick it over to you. Same question.
2: Well, I, I still don't think there's a, a guarantee we see football this year, honestly. So I, I, I think we all have to keep that in the back of our heads as well. Um, as far as the face mask and things like that go and, the, and, and wearing a mask, I know not all players wear a mouthpiece anymore, but it's if you think about it, it's it's kind of similar in the breathing, you know, to being not wearing a, a mouthpiece or a mask, or maybe some kind of hybrid of both is, is the right answer. I don't know, um, but I think players will adjust to it. It's, it's definitely going to be something to make an adjustment for. And my thought, and I could, I, I, I'm, I don't pretend to be a scientist, but I'm thinking of the high altitude places like Denver, where you know you now you have something like that in front of your face that. What what kind of effect does that have? No one has the answer to that, so it's going to be interesting for sure. And uh, hey, I, I just hope we are playing at some point this year, whether if they delay the season or or whatever. But um, let's all hope we have a season.
0: Yeah, the entertainment uh, value would be much appreciated during some of these crazy times. And let's let's assume there will be an NFL season for uh, for a moment here and discuss some players who are going to have to play on the franchise tag, right? Like, these guys did not get some long-term deals. Um, Rich, you compiled this list, so I'm going to let you read through it, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the fantasy impact.
1: All right, so, I mean, the main people that are playing on the tag that are skill positions, you're looking at AJ Green, you're looking at Hunter Henry, Dak Prescott, and uh, you're looking at Kenyon Drake. Everyone else, I mean, they don't have huge fantasy you know, numbers that they're going to put up, obviously some play on offensive line, some play on the defense, but those four players are the ones that are playing on a tag and they're playing for big money. So for me, um, some of these are a foregone conclusion that I think are going to be back with their team. And, you know, when you say that it, it could change from day to day, but if I'm looking at a player like Kenyon Drake, I think he's in the perfect situation where he is in Arizona, you know, coming from Miami being underutilized and then he takes over for the bell cow david johnson and never looks back he has a fantasy year for the ages he's you know he is in the perfect situation he came out on social media and said i don't care about not signing a long-term deal i know it's going to come he signed his franchise tag willingly um and aj green on the other hand it took him up until friday to sign his franchise tag and then immediately after signing it he says i want to play four more years in cincinnati and retire So he can go the road of Larry Fitzgerald and play his entire career with a team. And, you know, he knows in the back of his head, the Bengals probably aren't going to win a championship in the next four years, but he can have a little fun before he retires with a new quarterback and a new system. Um, And then the other two are completely up in the air. You know, Hunter Henry seems like it would be a person that you would want to carry on your team. He's an offensive weapon. When he was out, you could see the difference in the team when he comes back you can absolutely see that the team is better. Obviously, they have a new quarterback. You know, Having a, a tight end for Justin Herbert to work with is definitely something they should have. It's kind of a security blanket. If you look for a rookie quarterback, they always go short to the tight end, the big fatty cr- coming across the middle. Um, if I am the Chargers, I would sign Hunter Henry to a long-term deal. But again, if this cap is going going down $40 million, got to make cuts somewhere. And then Dak Prescott. didn't sign his long term deal. The rumor is he turned down 35 million a year on average and over $100 million guaranteed. With the cap going down $40 million next year, I don't really know a lot of teams that would do it um, because all the teams that need a quarterback are at the middle or the bottom of the list of cap. You know, if you look at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, they can make it happen if they get rid of Yannick. Uh, Another player who was playing on on the the tag, but it's a really risky situation for Dak uh, for what he did. And you see, if a team can sign their quarterback long term, like the Kansas City Chiefs did, they can sign a player like Chris Jones to good money because you can allocate the funds across many years. So I think Dak might have did a disservice to himself and might have did a disservice to the Cowboys in the long run. But, you know, he's banking on himself, so I think he's gonna play balls to the wall. I think all four of these guys are. I think AJ Green is gonna have a season that it's gonna be back where AJ Green was before the injury because he just wants to have fun out there and sign another, you know, contract with the Bengals. But I think it's split right down the middle between the four players right now.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, all four of these guys are are very talented players. Um great fantasy impact on all of them. Um, You know, you you spoke a lot about Dak and his contract situation. You know, in recent memory, you know, Kirk Cousins, I I think, played the franchise tag up to its highest potential, right? He played on one-year deals for a few seasons in Washington, earned a lot of money, and then got that fully guaranteed contract in Minnesota. Um, Dak is taking a big gamble here, but, you know, there are pieces in place in Dallas where he could play a very, very good season. Right. And, and earn his money next year, despite the cap getting slashed. So it's certainly a gamble. um, But I think it's one that could be worthwhile. Um, Also, you know, from a fantasy perspective, when I look at, at Hunter Henry, he is one of my favorite, I'll call them second tier tight ends, you know, for the last, I don't even know, five, six years, it's been, if you don't get Rob Gronkowski, if you don't get Travis Kelsey, and for a brief time, if you don't get Jimmy Graham, you don't have a fantasy tight end. Um, Hunter Henry, to me, is kind of the, in that in that next tier, just below the top tier, guys. I think he gets consistent points. He battles injuries, but... Uh, When he's healthy, when he's playing, he's really good, and he gets in the end zone a lot. Um, He's a big security blanket, especially with a a rookie quarterback coming in in Los Angeles. Um, You know, the, the tight end is a huge threat. And, you know, we mentioned it before. Some guys get paid and they don't play as well. But when guys are looking to get paid, I think they play extra hungry. So these four guys, to me, and I probably shouldn't be sharing this because we'll, we'll be in a fantasy league, but, uh, I, I am targeting all four of these guys. I think all four of these guys have value. I think, you know, some of them you'll be able to get later. They'll have some pretty good steel, you know, uh, sleeper value, not necessarily sleepers, but you you're not going to be spending a first round pick on any of these guys, a second round pick on any of these guys. Um, and I, I think you're going to get a ton of value from these guys. And this is an angle that I look at every year: who's playing for a contract? Because that extra bit of hunger helps you get a lot of points. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on kind of these players' contract situations in general, and how to target them in your in your fantasy leagues?
2: Well, pretty much the same as you guys. I, I happen to love a player in a contract here too. And, and I, you know, I, we all we all look at the number that these guys are getting and say, "Man, they're crazy." I, you know, crazy numbers, crazy this. I kind of take it into account. Athletes are, for the most part, I don't mean the generalize, but they're, for the most part, arrogant. They're used to betting on themselves, which I, which I am all for. So for them, for Doc to say, you know what, I'm not going to, you know, this um, no long-term deal for me. I'm going to play it out and let's see. I give them a lot of credit for that because there is a risk-reward involved. Um, and, and really – he he goes in and has a dynamite year. I don't care if they slash the cap fifty million, he's going to get paid, and whether it's by the Cowboys or somebody else, he's going to end up with his money. Um, so to me, good good for them for taking the risk and betting on themselves. Um, and I think most like to do that. Um, the fantasy impact on that, yeah, no question. I I tend to like a guy that's on a contract year or a guy who hasn't gotten paid yet. I think the, I think they, that keeps them motivated. I particularly like them in daily fantasy if there's in a good matchup where they can really pad their stats, that's the guy that I want. I want the guy that's looking to do that. You know, Hunter Henry could, you know, catch four touchdowns in a game, uh, you know, uh, against a a lesser team. He's going to want to – he's going to have a little extra motivation to do that to make the stat line look good. So um, I'm a believer in that. And I think these guys, you know, with the cap going down, there's definitely a risk. Certain players aren't going to get paid as much next year. I think a quarterback's always going to get paid. I think a wide receiver is always going to get paid. And I think a left tackle, right tackle is always going to get paid. Everybody else has to watch out. That's my opinion.
0: And do you guys think there's something extra to AJ Green's scenario um, of having the number one overall pick as his quarterback, and he's the number one wide receiver option on that team? Um, is there even extra value? He's playing for his money. He's got a a new shiny quarterback who's going to be feeding him the ball. Is that something else to consider? Or is A.J. Green pretty much the same player, whether it's uh, Dalton or Burrow throwing him the football?
1: I mean, I think A.J. Green and Andy Dalton had a very good connection. You know, Andy Dalton wasn't always, you know, the guy you would go to in fantasy football. He'd be the guy on your bench that you would have to start in a worst-case scenario situation. But A.J. Green and Andy Dalton, I mean, they definitely had a great connection. I hope that, you know, Burrow and A.J. Green have that connection. Burrow's going to have to ball out because he's the number one overall pick. He, he wants to play up to that name. He's going to be a day one starter. All the pressure is going to be on him. And in that situation in in Cincinnati, A.J. Green is still the clear-cut number one wide receiver there. And you, know, you have a lot of second-tier guys like Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate. Um, but for me, A.J. Green is is – the only number one on that team and the only one close to being a number one on that team. So I think he's in a perfect situation to stay in Cincinnati because how many teams would he go to and still be that number one on that team? Um, I I think that it's going to be a lot of pressure on him to come back from injury and perform, but I think he's going to have more leeway to do so in a familiar situation, you know, with the fans that love him and, you know, the coaching staff that even though they don't know him fully, cause he was off the field last year. I mean, he, he's still that guy. So for me, I think it's the perfect place to come back from an injury, perfect place to pat his stats, perfect place to get paid. Um, and it's perfect for Burrow too. I mean, he's going to have a good year cause he's going to be thrown to the Georgia beast, AJ green. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I think, all four of these guys, you're, you're going to have to consider big time uh, in your fantasy drafts coming up. And I think I think in a, in a show real soon, guys, we should do a, a live mock draft. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, maybe we get some more people involved, or maybe we, we control a couple of teams, the three of us, and and, and just go nuts. Because I, I think we're getting to a point now where, where draft strategy is gonna is going to be a big part of the remaining topics this summer. Um, now let's move on to the biggest news of the week. Uh, what we are so eloquently calling the disaster in DC. Um, you know, we were waiting for the wash, the formerly Washington Redskins to announce their, their new team name. And it, in the midst of all this, there was the start of speculation, the start of rumors that there was going to be some major story to come out and ruin the reputation of Dan Snyder, you know, ruin the reputation of the team, and it all kind of come out alongside each other. Now we still haven't seen the the team name change as of three thirty four on Friday afternoon, but in a, a, a the the news that came out was fifteen women came forward and stated that there was a history and pattern of sexual harassment happening within the Washington Redskins staff. Um, This was over a period of time. This was, you know, numerous women being, uh, being harassed, being put in dangerous and uncomfortable situations by this office. Now, the Redskins ownership has been or formerly Redskins ownership. I don't even know what to call them. Washington's ownership, whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, has been under question, under fire for a long time. Um, You know, uh, their brand new coach, Ron Rivera has his daughter working with the team now. And, you know, obviously wants to change the culture. Um, There's a lot of, of layers here. So, Rich, let's, let's start with you and just kind of unpack it a little bit, and then we can talk about maybe is Dan Snyder's time as an NFL owner uh, to a close.
1: Well, I mean, on social media, it really started. Um, you see all these people that are verified on Twitter and so forth and Reddit, you know, they're, they're mentioning there's a story that's coming out. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And, and, you know, obviously no one said what the story was. It was just a lot of rumors coming out and a lot of crazy rumors if you compile a list of what might have happened in Washington. And then, you know, on Thursday, the story comes out that 15 women were, you know, sexually harassed in the Washington organization. There's a lot of, you know, people that have already quit, have fi- have been fired. And I think there's a lot more to come. Uh, I think they only really scratched the surface of the story Uh, I think there's going to be a lot that that comes out that we don't know yet. Um, But I mean, let me just start by saying if there's 15 women that were sexually harassed in your organization, I don't see any way that you don't know about it. Um, I think that Dan Schneider came out. He said that they're going to have more. Opportunities to gain, um, you know, education on the subject, and have all the employees, you know, have sessions where you know they go through sexual harassment treatment and training and everything else. But I mean, that's the that's what his lawyers are telling him to say. Obviously, the second this happened, lawyers were involved immediately. They knew what was coming out. They obviously talked to the Washington Post. They knew what was coming out. Uh, and Dan Schneider, you know, he's playing as if he's one of the victims. I know we're going to talk about if we think he's going to be out or not, but there's no way that this organization could go on doing what they did for all this time, especially with 15 women. 15 women is that's in, in some places that could be the entire workforce. That could be half of the workforce. You know, I just feel like there's no way that it can go on for that long. And then miraculously it all comes out at one time, you know, I think you mentioned with Ron Rivera coming in, his daughter is going to be on the staff. His daughter is is gonna be, you know, under his nose. And I feel like Ron Rivera was a big part of this. You know, he probably asked around, he asked, you know, everyone how they were doing. He's a straightforward, straight shooter coach in person. He's an advocate, you know, he's no nonsense. And you know, for him to come in here and it seems like in a short period of time expose all of this, you know, I think Ron Rivera has a huge part to do with this um and you know he's not holding any punches you know when he was interviewed he he spoke about his daughter and he said if that ever remotely happened you know there would be hell to pay so i I think dan schneider is trying to get on with ron rivera and you know blaze the trail but i think he was he was part of the problem but we'll get to that
0: and John, we'll 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 kick it over to you. Same thing. Just kind of unpack the situation and what were your thoughts when this news broke yesterday?
2: Uh, my thoughts are wow, like uh, unbelievable. But yeah, the lead up to it, I've thought so many reporters said, you know, preparing us for it for the week during the week, like it's going to drop, it's going to be huge, and so you know, I was surprised they were able to keep it quiet that long. Truthfully, so something was up behind the scenes that we probably don't know about. But when you see it, I mean, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. You know, I, I was reading somewhere today, I, I would give the writer credit if I could remember who it was, but for every one that comes out and reports uh, sexual harassment, there's five others that didn't. So if you take that, that's 75 women here. If you yeah, if you want to look at it that way, you know, over a course of time, that could definitely be an accurate number, um, which is awful. It's It's just awful that anyone would have to put up with that whether it has to do with Ron Rivera and his daughter, you know, bringing it to light, who knows? I won't speculate on that. It's, it surely seems logical that that could be a part of it. Um, and then, you know, it makes me wonder too, guys like Trent Williams and, and, and guys in the past who have, you know, come in and out of Washington. Um, makes me wonder what those guys, and you know, maybe, maybe that's a part of the reason why they wanted to leave, you know, or they didn't want to resign there, you know, a, a big part of it. So I think all in all, it's a black eye for football. It's, it's a, definitely a black eye for the uh, the team in Washington with no name. And uh, hopefully we can, um, you know, the NFL can cut to the chase on this and they can move forward and, and, and things will be all right there. But in the meantime, I feel terrible for anyone who was affected and, you know, it's, it's easy to say thoughts and prayers and all that, but that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I hope everyone's okay from it. And, Whoever's guilty of it and whoever is, uh, you know, I'm sure there's more that's going to come out. I don't think, I think that's clear. Um, So I don't think we've heard the last of it. Um, I just feel terrible for everyone involved. And and I hope we can move on from it pretty quick and get back to football there in Washington.
0: Absolutely. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I I don't have much to add, but I, I guess really the question is, is what comes next? For the nameless Washington team and in the purposes of our show is there an impact when looking at potential fantasy players from Washington this offseason you know we're always quick to to describe players as problem players locker room cancers you know uh, distraction players and because this player exists right? There is implications on the, on the rest of the team because of this, this player's actions. It's not often we get to talk about the team's actions and the ownership's actions and how that might impact the team's performance overall. And so I guess this is a a two-part question. What comes next for this team? What do you guys think is going to be the outcome of this development? You know, how do you think it's going to progress that way? And then, from a fantasy perspective, are you writing off players from Washington because you think the distraction is too much to overcome, or does this not really impact your fantasy football thinking? Uh, John, we'll start with you.
2: It doesn't impact it for me. I'm not a big believer in cancers and locker rooms and things like that. Does um, it play an effect? It maybe it does, but I'm a. I think every player is an individual, and they're all you know. They're all playing for their team, but they're all looking to to do something on the field. So this wouldn't even enter my thought process when it comes to fantasy football. Um, Again, I I hope they can solve whatever the problems are there in Washington. Does that mean new ownership? Does that mean whatever that means? I I hope whatever happens happens quick and we can get back to actual football there and then the nonsense that is uh, being reported. And I think I think, too, I think this puts other teams on alert, too, so. You know, other teams. I'm not saying it's going on anywhere else. God only knows. I, I mean, I don't know anything about that. But usually, when something like this happens, it's it, it lets the rest of the league know, hey, we better clean some things up here pretty quick. So I hope that I hope the league gets it cleaned up in Washington, and if it's going anywhere else, and we can get back to playing football.
0: Absolutely, and Rich, we'll we'll kick it over to you. Um, you know, the
1: same question. I mean, it's going to be a weird answer, but I think it does nothing but better, the Washington team. Uh, I think if you look at the team, you know, you saw what it was last year. You saw that it was a subpar team. And now you know that there's a lot of rotten apples in the bunch, and it may have spoiled the rest of the bunch. You know, if you're looking at the coaching staff, I think there's a lot more to come as far as firing and everything else. Dan Schneider, I don't think he's going to be out. I mean, I think, you know, money talks. I think that he'll find a scapegoat. And I think they already did that by firing two of the employees. Um, But I think now Ron Rivera is going to be the mouthpiece of this team. They're probably going to move forward with Ron Rivera being the guy to, you know, update everyone on what they're doing inside the building. You know, and I think Ron Rivera at the end of the day is going to be the one that's going to get players to come to Washington. You know, there's going to be a lot of, you know players that are up in arms about what happened but at the end of the day i think ron rivera is more powerful than dan schneider um if you start clearing that house and you bring in new fresh faces and people that are going to you know work with players and you know teach them the right ways to act you know i think it's definitely going to be a good thing from this point forward they might not have the talent as far as fantasy football wise you know the only one i'm even going near is tevin mclaren um But I mean, I I think next year is when you're going to see the impact of Ron Rivera more so than this year, because this year was completely up in the air with everything. Uh, I think they're going to start to build good character players. Uh, They're going to bring in guys that, you know, are looking to better the team, which is what a a lot of teams try to do. Uh, I don't think the the Redskins can be bad boys in the NFL for a while. They got to bring in clean players that are going to better the team.
0: And, you know, Rich, when you said this is going to be a weird answer, I, like, cringed for a minute. I was like, uh-oh, what is he going to say? But as you you kind of explained that, you, you brought up a perspective that I hadn't thought of, and, and now I find myself wildly agreeing with, is that you're right. There has been a cultural problem in Washington for many years now, and— I think that has right impacted the team's performance. They've been mediocre for such a long time, despite going out and being able to sign some talented players. Whether you know it was uh, Albert Hainsworth, one of the, the biggest free agency busts of all time, or, or Donovan McNabb, uh, you know, like they've gone out and gotten players, but just have not seemed to be anything more than mediocre. And maybe now that the the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room has been addressed. Right, They can maybe finally start to move forward and with some good leadership from Riverboat Ron, take some positive steps forward. And you're right, there's not many players this season from Washington that I am considering drafting for fantasy football other than McLaren. But it's interesting to think of, and I think if you're in a dynasty league, there might be one or two players with your last couple of picks. You might want to take a flyer on someone from Washington because someone might develop into being a really quality player uh, now that they're seemingly starting to get their, their culture, you know, corrected and, and put in place. So very good argument, rich. I concede my point that I did not even bother to bring up because I liked yours even better. So guys, that is going to do it for this week's show, a little bit shorter show this week. We usually record on Thursday nights. So we're recording this one on Friday. Um, it's going to be a real quick turnaround uh, for, for everyone watching live now on Saturday at noon. Like if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for doing so. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Ring that bell so you get notified every time we upload brand new content. And like, leave a comment down in the player below. If you have any thoughts about anything we had to say on this show, we'd love to hear from you and, and get in on the conversation. If you'd like to, to be in next week's show and join that conversation, you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash daily to dynasty. We would play that live on the show and, you know, kind of interact with whatever you guys um, want to ask of us and kind of continue the conversation with you guys there. Feel free to fire away at us on Twitter. You can follow the show at daily to dynasty You can follow myself at Seagorbs94. You can follow Rich at coda 522 And you can follow John at JohnHazlett475. And lastly, if you're listening to this thing via podcast, subscribe and leaving us a five-star rating helps the show out immensely. We want to give a special shout-out to our partners over at the Underdog Newsletter. If you're a sports fan, you love underdog stories. You live for them. And our friends at the Underdog Newsletter are great at compiling the best underdog stories. Every week, they sift through hundreds of articles, videos, and podcast interviews. And then every Tuesday morning, they send out a bite-sized rundown of only the best stories you can find all in one place. Subscribe to them at jokermag.com newsletter and follow them on Twitter at jokermag.com hq all right guys that's it for today's show again thank you so much for listening rich john any closing thoughts
1: i mean i hope everything continues to work out in washington i hope you know everything goes in the right direction i hope everything goes in the right direction with the nfl and training camp and uh, all we can do is hope for uh for football to be as normal as possible next year
2: Same for me. I hope, uh, I hope, like I said, I hope everything gets cleared up here. Um, and I ultimately, I just hope there's football. I, I really do. I know baseball is coming back next week, which I'm looking forward to. But uh, there's nothing like football Sundays in the fall and in the winter. So um, I think our country needs it. So I hope they figure out a way to figure it out. Exactly. Baseball is coming back. Basketball is coming back.
0: The UFC never left, but I think – America needs NFL Sundays, so here's hoping they can figure out a safe way to play this NFL season. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. again, until next time, this has been Daily Thoughts.